With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be exceedingly glad. I'll lift up my eyes, which come up my head. What's coming from the Lord, great God Almighty, that'll never fail. Can't help but tell what He's done for me. I lifted my soul, gave the victory. My footsteps to walk and ride Gave me eyes to see the light This is the day that the Lord has made This is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice and exceedingly glad I will lift up my eyes I will lift up my eyes I will lift up my head I'm coming from the Lord Great God Almighty that'll never fade let the earth be glad, let the hills be glad, let the sea roll by. Let the earth, let the sea, let the wind, let the rain, let the sun, let the moon, let the young and let the old, let the church, 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 let the Good morning from Coolidge, Arizona. It's July the 11th, 2021. And we are pleased to be uh, back on the air with you in this uh, broadcast. As you know, if you've been listening, we're studying from the Gospel of John for uh, some months now. We're in chapter 14 which is a powerful chapter for the dialogue uh, between Jesus and the apostles, which is kind of the, uh, is kind of the overview. Um, now, one thing I want to continue to stress is, as we study this chapter, we've been digging very deep into the, uh, not only the original language, of course, but the grammar, and we're just not going to let anyone uh, escape from knowing that um, who is speaking and who's being spoken to and all the different things that are so important in the, the uh, interpretation of Scripture. Because if we don't, 
in this chapter, as is typically done in most places, we come away with a view of this that seems to be um, a view that seems to in completely encompass uh, the, the church in, in all of these promises when we're looking at uh, we're looking at specific people receiving specific promises and being told things um, for for the work they would be doing. And we just got to understand and put this in the right time frame. These are the people that in Ephesians chapter 1 talks about first first believed. You know what that means, first believed. Those that first believed were the apostles of Christ. And there's specific things for them. They have a position because of that and a responsibility to the Lord as being his witnesses unto all the earth. Now, I don't believe that that role was... was uh, it's not specific to ourselves, although as far as evangelism goes, um, that's what the apostles did. It wasn't many years, and they had many evangelists that they had trained and sent out to preach the gospel, to preach the exact message and the exact words of the apostles. How important is that? Well, Jesus thought it was rather important when he made it clear in I don't know how many different places, at least a half a dozen I can recall, where he makes it clear that every word he spoke he has heard from his Father. Now, that's important, and it should be important to the church today. If it were important and had been important through the centuries, we wouldn't have the hundreds and hundreds of different directions, so-called, of Christendom. Now, remember the Lord said there's one church and one faith, but we're surrounded by many churches and many so-called faiths. Who's wrong? That's what we have, to, we have to come to grips with. It's certainly not the Lord. It's not the Lord. He doesn't make mistakes. Although, there are those that... Uh, according to some scriptures, that they don't believe, they think the Lord maybe made an error here. <laughs> now, friends, if the Son of God can make an error, what chance do we have <laughs> of doing anything? That's just not, that's not uh, proper thinking. So, we're going to begin in verse 16. We're going to look at 16 and 18 first and then move on to the next section. And I encourage you to, um, uh, the outline that we've uh, put up is good. I've added a few scriptures to it through the, the days that I've been restudying this that we'll read. And um, we're going to find that as we read this text and, and understand it happening one night uh, in, a, in a certain place, in A.D. 31, uh, between Jesus of Nazareth and the apostles, we're going to find that he makes some promises here that are fulfilled within the, the, the scripture to the apostles. We're going to read some of those promises 
in uh, the book of Acts uh, to go with our lesson here today. So, verses 16 to 18, let me read them and then we'll move on um, to uh, the explanation. <clears throat> Remember, Jesus is speaking. He has just said, just before verse 16, he has just said, If you love me, my commandments keep. Verse 16, And I will ask the Father, and another comforter he will give to you, that may remain with you to the age, or unto the age. Now, I did not use the pronoun here in the last part of this verse that he may remain with you because the he is not in the Greek. Uh, although it's inferred in, in a sense, we know who we're talking about, right? The comforter? All right. But it's not there. Now, it's put there in the English so we might make a personality out of the he and put a, um, even a masculine gender to it that we're not allowed to do in this verse. So let me read it again. And I will ask the Father and another comforter, he, that is God, will give to you that may remain with you unto the age. And we'll talk about that too. Verse 17, the spirit of the truth. That's the way the text reads in the Greek. The spirit of the truth, that is the absolute truth from heaven, from God, whom the world is not able to receive because it doth not behold him nor know him. And you know him because he doth remain with you or beside you and shall be in you. That's such an important verse for the understanding of this passage concerning the apostles of Christ. Verse 18. I, referring to who? Jesus. I will not leave you bereaved or orphaned or whatever word we want to put there in English. I come unto you. The I, of course, again, is referring to Jesus. Verse 19, Yet a little, and the world doth no more behold me. And you behold me, because I live, and you shall live. All right, let's look at these in, in light of uh, the, uh, the original language and the grammar, of course. The word comforter. Uh, where Jesus said, I will ask the Father and another comforter. That word in the Greek is parakletes, um, according to uh, Spiri Zodiatus, uh, his uh, Greek uh, lexicon. Uh, it means helper, in a sense, because that's the role of, um, the role of the comforter is to help who? The apostles in this text. Can we take it any further than the apostles at this moment? No. There were, there were none others but them at that moment. 
And not only that, but this paracletes in the Greek is the very equal of the Christ in this case. It is the spirit of Christ. Also the word alos in Greek, um, according to Spiro Zodiatus. It, it means, and this is in reference to the paracletes, it's the, the root kind of, it's, it means of the same kind belonging to one another. You getting the idea here? You're not going to be able to separate the comforter from the Son of God. But the Father is going to send them, uh, send the uh, Paracletes, the comforter, to the apostles. Because the Paracletes is the same kind belonging to one another. And as we read through the chapters, you're going to find Jesus reinstitutes this thinking about the comforter and himself and the role of the comforter. Now, um, here, as I said before, I eliminated uh, the, the uh, second pronoun in verse 16 because it's not in the, in the uh, text. And, of course, when we find it in the text, we're nor normally uh, always getting the, the idea of someone saying, well, that's the Holy Spirit. Well, here we're finding in verse 16 and 17, the only mention of anything is the comforter and the spirit of the truth. So aren't we kind of adding to, to the scripture a little bit here? We're, we're trying to establish something that's not being spoken about here. And I think that's dangerous. Now, if we learn later on in scripture of something different, then we could maybe consider it. But we cannot go beyond what is written. Remember the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth? Do not go beyond what is written. And if we do it, we're doing the same thing that they were doing, and we're in grave error. I wonder if there's a variance with the gender of uh, comforter, because in, at least in verse 16, this, this particular uh, version has it, has it masculine. Right, because it's in reference to, uh, it's in reference to the one that it represents. That, that, that's just what it means. It's equal to the Christ. Okay. It's in reference to the Christ. Now, sometimes it's going to be neuter, and then it's going to have reference to in a masculine way as it represents the Lord. And that is the only place in Scripture we're going to find this uh, concerning the Spirit, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit of Truth. It will always be neuter other than that. Uh, but here, because remember, what Jesus is teaching and, and telling them, they have to understand and they're understanding it in their, in their language. They are getting it, every word. So I think that's very important. Um, and it's important and it's wonderful that we have the, uh, the text. We have a way to define it, um, the meanings of the words, the grammar. All these things make it so real, make it so powerful. So in verse 17, the spirit is neuter. And singular, the hymn that follows it, uh, the spirit of the truth whom the world is not able to receive because it doth not behold him, neuter, singular, in reference to what? The spirit of truth. 
All right. For, as Jesus told them, he doth remain beside you. He resides with you, basically, is another way that it's put in our, our scriptures. And he shall be in you. And the in is indicative, future, and in the middle voice. Now, all of this is referring to the spirit of the truth from Christ in heaven being sent by the Father to the apostles for the, for the reason that is necessary to establish the church, to, to uh, preach the good news with the authority, if you will, of heaven itself. I think that was necessary, obviously, uh, because the, uh, the scripture is, is uh, clear and, and it's obvious to us. You know, Neil, I, I, I can't help, but as we go through this, I keep thinking about our study in Acts that we did for so long. And I keep thinking about Peter, the Apostle Peter, and his reaction when he was sent to the Gentiles and he was, he was shown this vision and he resisted it. And he fell back on his Jewish law and his Jewish upbringing and, and, and all of the things that he held dear. And this was a man that had, this, that had a spirit of truth from God told by Christ beside him, in him, however you want to describe it. Now explain to me how this individual was continuing to do his own thinking with this great tool and comforter. But it, 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 that's exactly the way it happened, and I think it's a great point of reference. It is, especially to those today and in the past that have proclaimed when they start speaking in other languages and prophesying uh, that they have no control. It's just going to come out. That's a lie. Yes, it is. And, it, and the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says the, the prophet has control of his prophecy, of his voice. It's a lie, but it, it's said today because they, they want to have the, they don't want to argue about what they're saying. They just want to tell you that everything that's coming out of their mouth is from heaven. Well, I'm afraid they can't do that. What do we need the Lord's word for then? <laughs> that's right. You'd have to add it to the scripture. No, um, it, it's, it's another flaw in their armor, if you will. It, it's, it makes it uh, very, very uh, hard to believe anything they say. So I think we probably cannot. Let's look at verse 18. I will not leave you bereaved or orphaned. I come unto you. Now, I, I want to talk about this one. I, of course, Jesus, uh, will not leave them orphans. In other words, abandoned, right? As he ascends to heaven, he leaves them to what? Tell about what happened when Jesus was here? All by themselves. No, that's not what's going to happen. But that's what most of the world thinks happened. It's not true. I am coming, I think, the 
towards you is a better word. That's in you here is second person plural. It means the apostles, the apostles, the apostles. No room for anything else at this point. And I want to tell you, I'm going to read a little bit from Scripture to show you where this was fulfilled. See, this was Jesus speaking. He's saying great and wonderful things here. Absolutely, uh, when you think about it, the Comforter coming from heaven to them? But they didn't have to wait very long. All right? Not even two months. Okay? Because on the day of Pentecost, after the crucifixion, the very, the very next Pentecost, let, let's go to Acts chapter 1, the first five verses to start with, and then we'll go to chapter 2 with, uh, with uh, one verse. Now, we have, to, we have to understand this. This is an account, a historical account, of something that happened, written by Luke, through the inspiration of, of heaven. And, and a lot of first-hand research on his own part to hear about just what happened. The former account, indeed, I made concerning all things, O Theopolis, that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Now, of course, this is written by the same person who wrote the Gospel of Luke. Uh, verse 2. Till the day in which, having given command through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, whom he did choose out, he was taken up. This is the ascension. To whom he did present himself alive after his suffering, that is the crucifixion, in many certain proofs, through forty days being seen by them, and speaking the things concerning the reign of God, or the kingdom of God. Verse 4, And being assembled together with them. Now who is the them? It has to be the apostles, because that is where that pronoun goes to. There's no, that's, that's concord, the word I couldn't remember last week. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, you did hear from me. Remember what we just read here in John? I will pray the Father and he will send. This is the fulfillment of the promise. This is the, to them, this is what, uh, Jesus is talking about again. Don't leave Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father. Verse 5, Because John indeed baptized with water, and you shall be baptized with the Spirit of holiness after not many days. Okay, and that's just exactly what happened. Not many days. Can we, can we avoid the pronoun you here? And you shall be baptized? You see, 
they're awaiting and some of our uh, uh, translations use the word the um, uh, power from above that sort of thing uh, in other words this is coming from heaven it's, it's kind of a paraphrase of what's actually happening something's coming from heaven to them and because of it they will be immersed in it now let's go back to the, the, the verse where Jesus says concerning the spirit of truth for he says because he doth remain beside you and shall be in you see that's what the idea of being uh, baptized you are you are uh, completely clothed with okay now the whole idea here is you see it's Jesus who was with them who was with them it was Jesus who was with them. And he remained with them all of that time. But when he was taken away, the promise is that, that the Comforter will be sent, and the Comforter in the language meant the exactness of Jesus was coming to them, but of course not in the flesh and blood form as he was before, but in the spirit form. That's why the that's why the apostle Paul can write in second first Corinthians chapter two that when he says, But we we the apostles have the mind of Christ. Of course they do. That's why how they're different from those that were one to Christ through their message. Alright? If we cannot distinguish that difference and and feel comfortable with it, then we're missing something. Let's let the scripture teach us instead of us trying to find a way out of it or to employ it somehow uh, in a in a violent to do great violence to the scripture itself. Now that that was Acts chapter one, the first five verses. Let's look at Acts two four. 2-4, and they, now if we take that pronoun they and go all the way back to the beginning of Acts, we're going to find we're not going to be able to get away from the apostles. That's who it is. I'm sorry, but there's no other way that, that it's written. And many have, have argued this, this situation, but friends, we just can't. We have to believe it. We have to not go beyond it. And they, the apostles, were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues according as the Spirit was giving them to declare. That's just exactly what happened. They could communicate with anyone. That's right. And, and that, that's critical. Not, not, and that's not limited to the Spirit itself. I mean, no. How many times it has it been written? I mean, Peter Peter spoke with the Spirit. The Spirit spoke to him. John did in, in Revelation. Yes. Right. I mean, there was dialogue right. there. There's dialogue. Remember, language and this whole concept of language and speech and everything, this is from God. It's not from men. We didn't invent language. 
you know, oh, well, wait a minute. We crawled up out of the swamp. We didn't make much noise then, but pretty soon we started complaining. And we put words to it. No, friends. This is how it is. Men have always spoken. God gave men the, the ability to speak. So yeah, I, I love this. Tower of Babel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, had, he had to. <laughs> he had to uh, alter their, their language. Yeah. They all spoke one tongue. And because they, they were working together in this sense, God said from heaven, if he did not confuse their tongue, they would be able to do anything. What were they trying to do? They were trying to build a tower to peer into heaven. I believe that's what Satan was accused of. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was not part of, of God's direction. His direction was uh, be fruitful and multiply, to, to go in all directions and, and, and scatter across the earth. But that's not what they did. So he had to change the circumstances a little. And we're still dealing with that language issue right now, aren't we? Yes, we are. But in Acts there, in, in verse 4, then in verse 5, because everything is done now with the apostles. The promise has been fulfilled. Christ has come to them. They are now the apostles of Christ, the witnesses of, of Christ, the ambassadors of Christ. Yea, the word means uh, martyrs of Christ. That's what the word means. The witness, you are my witnesses, you are my martyrs, you are my witnesses unto death. That's what they heard. That's what they lived. That's how they lived with that knowledge. <clears throat> and yet, they, they did their work for the Lord because it was that important to them. And they had great ability, obviously. So, what, we, what promises were made in John uh, in the 14th chapter to the apostles have been fulfilled in Acts in the sight of, you know, you know, the apostles were in, they were with a company of nearly 120 people, okay? There were other people. But these things happened to them. And this 120 people or better saw these things. So did the people of Jerusalem. In, in verse uh, 5 of the second chapter, that's what it's saying. Talking about, Verse 5 says, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation of those under the heaven. This was the gathering that the gospel of Christ, the gospel, salvation through God, was going to be revealed to at that time. That's the, that's the audience that was necessary. That's the audience that were promised the gospel, and, and the good news first. Remember how what it says, Jews in Jerusalem? Jews from all over the known world? <clears throat> yes, the, the scriptures do harmonize with each other. All of this is put together in one, in one picture, and the, and the better that picture is in our minds, 
um, in, in our recall, in our understanding, the clearer it is and the easier it is for us to tell somebody else these things also. So that leaves us with, um, brings us up to chapter 14, verse 19, of which I'd like to uh, begin with just now. 19 and 20, I'll go with those two first. Now after Jesus had made this promise, he follows it up with these words. Yet a little, and the world doth no more behold me. And you behold me, because I live, and you shall live. Yet, or uh, in that day, you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Boy, there's a lot said right there. There's a lot said. The, um, you know, verse 19 reminds me of the old hymn. Uh, I think it's the title of it is Because He Lives. But the words are, some of the first words in that is, Because He Lives, I Will See Tomorrow. Because He Lives, All Fear Is Gone. And it goes on in that vein. Isn't that just what Jesus was telling them? Because I live? He's saying this just hours before he was to be crucified. But that wasn't the end of living. Uh, because he, he returned, of course. He was resurrected. And because of that, you shall live. Again, all in reference we cannot take it away from the apostles at this point. You shall live. And that was a promise, another promise they had. And I think they recognized that promise to be absolutely fulfilled. Because there they were on the day of Pentecost, after the ascension, after the infilling, after the the promise of God uh, from heaven come, came upon them and miraculous things were seen and done. The, the apostles spoke and everybody in, in all the different languages around them heard the, exactly in their own language the words that Peter was speaking and the other apostles too were speaking to the crowd. Just imagine that. Everybody there heard the exact words from heaven. Is that powerful or not? You know, we're not going to experience that in this life unless we turn to the scriptures and read it for ourselves. But we're not going to see it up, see that done um, in, in that way because uh, we, we have barrier of language. We have barriers... We have generational barriers of, of trying to teach something and people either uh, younger or maybe even older than us not really understand what we're saying. That happens, friends. We know that. Remember, uh, in, in, the, in the New Testament, it talks about 
the idea that faith drives away fear and love drives away fear and doubt. And, and the command that Jesus left, love one another as I have loved you, how can that be improved upon? It's such, a, it's such an easy thing to say, and it takes a lifetime to accomplish and to even, I, I think really the problem is that we're not taking it serious enough. Um, because, you know, we do have control of our own tongue and our own uh, thoughts and personalities, and sometimes we, we cross the line. Sometimes we come off in not a loving way, which would be a violation of what Jesus told the apostles. And that's a command. You know what a command is. Most of Christendom wants to live under the Ten Commandments, which is a total error. Why deal with the elementary items when you're commanded to love one another as Jesus loved you? Much more than any of the commandments and all the regulations, it goes beyond that. Because, you see, this comes from the heart. It doesn't come from, from a book of rules. Rules, I wish they worked real well. They don't. Um, but love always does. Love never fails, right? That's what the scripture teaches. Let's look at verse 21. He who is having my commands and is keeping them That one is he who is loving me, and he who is loving me shall be loved by my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. We we just seem to have promises in every verse, don't we? Statements of fact. Not our promises. Statements. And, you know, he's talking to the apostles. Does he, he wants the apostles to obey the command that he has given them. The things that Jesus, and by the way, that, that's in Matthew 28 also. It's not just go into all the world and, and uh, baptize, and teach and baptize the, the believers. No, it goes beyond that teaching them everything I have taught you to obey. You see, that's the idea. So, um, knowing the command, respecting the command is one thing. Keeping that command is another thing. But if you do keep the command, that is the one who is truly loving Christ. And if you truly love Christ, the promise is that you will be loved by my Father. You know, the progression is impossible to break here, friends. There's nowhere to wiggle in or out of this. You're either in this or you're not. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. What's manifest mean? 
Yeah, known. It means clearly seen, really. I mean, it's in other words, <clears throat> you're just not going to have any doubts about who Jesus of Nazareth is. You're going to understand this is the Son of God. This is the uh, the Savior of the world, the Anointed One. And not only that, but remember, God has what Jesus said. God has had given into His hands. It is Jesus who has inherited the kingdom, and because of that, He gave uh, of that kingdom to the apostles themselves. They were the first in the kingdom, friends. They were the first in the kingdom when they were taken to heaven and sat on twelve thrones, judging Israel at the end of the of the Jewish age. They were the first ones there to be with him. We're going to get into that in uh, John 17. All of these things fit together. Oh, it's, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. Verse 22. Judas saith to him, not the Iscariot, but the, the one called Judas or Thaddeus. Lord, what hath come to pass that to us thou art about to manifest thyself and not to the world? All right. By the way, do you understand that the apostles knew that these things were for them and not for just everyone? Not that the other people are not important. Not that we're not important. No, no, it's just the conversation here. This is the, the will of God, what's being done here. They could tell. They understood. They understood it. And I think the, the apostles knew this. Trouble is, friends, it seems like the world of Christendom still doesn't know this. Did they listen to what Thaddeus said here? They they are they've been promised that they would that Jesus would manifest himself to them. He would reveal himself in his splendor, in his kingdom. That's known as the kingdom of Christ. During that, that buffer zone, until that kingdom of Christ, which lasted nearly forty years, became the full grown kingdom of God as it all came together, as Jesus gave back to the Father that the Father could be all in all. The kingdom of Christ is the will of God, the will of the Father. The Father gave Jesus this authority to be that one. And we live in a world of Christendom where it seems like the kingdom of Christ or the kingdom of God, we're waiting for it. But the scriptures are making it clear when these things transpired. Very soon. Let's see. That was verse 22. Verse 23. Jesus answered and said to them, If anyone may love me, the word, my word he will keep, and my Father will love him, and unto him we will come and abode with him we 
when our abode with him we will make. All right, now let's go back to what Judas is, uh, uh, Thaddeus said again in verse 21 and 22, 22 especially, but the, the my here, um, first person singular, is, is of course referring to Jesus himself. Um, and it was the apostles that kept and taught the commandment of the Lord. Love one another as I have loved you. And if we, this is what I get from them. Sure, he's speaking to them and to them only at this time. But if we live as we have been taught from the Lord through the apostles, then I think we can truly say, uh, are you waiting for me to say that this was for me? No, I think we can truly say that the Lord was in the apostles. It happened exactly as it's, it's written. Now, how important is that to you? I didn't put that in our notes. I had that thought and I wrote it down. How important is the fact that the apostles had the mind of Christ, that he was in them and, w- and had been with them for the earthly ministry and now was in them unto the age unto the end of the age that they lived in the Jewish age at that point they would not need that sort of comforter because they are with the Lord as it says in Thessalonians as as they are caught up to heaven and so they will be with the Lord forevermore I think it's foundational that we understand this it's very, very important that we understand it and give it, uh, give it its due, if you will, as we know. But it's true that Thaddeus here certainly did not understand that it would be the apostles of Christ that would reveal the Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, and the mystery of God that had been a mystery for the ages concerning salvation of mankind, the reconciliation of man back to God. It would be them, the apostles, and the evangelists that they sent out that would do this, that mankind may know the salvation of God. It was not, this is not the task for Jesus. Jesus never preached a gospel message. The apostles did. He did not. He was the payment for sin. And he's, it's what he did that brings the gospel message to us. So in verse 23, he says, If anyone love me, my word he will keep. And to me, this qualifies the promise. You know, we like that. Uh, we, we, like the, we like what Jesus said. And we like the idea of, of, of going to heaven. But how about our part? Are we keeping his word? Are we actually reading what he said and understanding it? Are we listening to the the message of the apostles as they taught the people how to be reconciled to God and what they must do, the terms of pardon? Is that what's going on? 
Well, it, it is what was going on. It, it's, the, of course, the way it started, and it should continue that. But this qualifying of this promise needs to be brought up. It's not a negative. It's just the truth. Now, the truth sometimes a negative, but goes against something we want to do and shouldn't. Both the Father and the Son live together with the faithful believer in the kingdom of heaven. We got, we got just enough time for, to read from um, Revelation 21, starting with the first verse. And we'll let off here uh, in our lesson today at verse 26. We'll start again. But here in Revelation, because I'm, I'm talking about Jesus making promises and then them being fulfilled, okay? The fulfillment of these grand things concerning the apostles and the Christian is written about here in, in, in uh, chapter 21 of Revelation. John saw in a vision, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth did pass away, and the sea is not any more. You see, all of this in reference to the first covenant has all passed away. The sea being the individuals within that covenant, all the entities of it. It had passed away. That's what happened in A.D. 70 in the, in the time leading up to that. Verse 2, and I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. No, not the one in Palestine today, friends. The new Jerusalem. Coming down out, coming down from God, out of the heaven, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. Very figurative language of the real situation that's being revealed here. And I heard a great voice out of the heaven saying, Lo, the tabernacle of God is with men. That's the abode, friends, that's being spoken about here in, in John. That's the abode that we find in verse 23. Um, An abode with him we will make. Our abode with him we will make. Okay? That's what's being spoken about. He will tabernacle, live with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, their God. And God shall wipe away every tear, uh, and God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and the, and the death, you notice the definite article there, and the death shall not be any more, nor sour, sorrow, nor crying, nor shall there be any more pain, because the first things, did go away. The first things, friends, are the penalty for breaking the law. Brother David spent a lot of time on, on that particular thought. First covenant, uh, penalties for sin. All of it has been forgotten by God. It's done away with. And he who is sitting upon the throne said, Lo, new I make all things. And he saith to me, Write, because these words are true and steadfast. 
You know, friends, it's hard to argue that. This is a vision the Apostle uh, John had on Patmos. He recorded it all, and this writing was in the churches in probably about A.D. 62, A.D. 63, was being distributed within the churches so much that the Christian people in Jerusalem, many of them, left the city and went to the east to escape the calamity that was about to come upon Jerusalem. That's what Revelation is about, friends. So, I think that's a good place for us to break today. Consider these things that we've talked about today. Um, and hopefully, uh, we will or find our way clear to accept these things exactly as they've been delivered and have an understanding on them. Because we're going to need it as we start verse 26 and complete this chapter and move on from there in, in basically the uh, same sort of conversation. So we pray that you will have a blessed week as you serve the Lord, as you are uh, doing those things uh, according to his will, and for his sake we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.